0: The worst thing about prison was the, was the Dementors. They people like were flying all over the place and they were scary and then they'd come down and they suck the soul out of your body. People like and games. Fight. That's fucking
1: outstanding. What's up, what's up? And welcome to episode 67 of People Like Games. I'm Solo. And I'm Lee And you are, as per usual, tuned into the best damn podcast in the gaming industry. Trademark, trademark, trademark. Pew, pew. Let's go. Before we begin, we want to say thank you to every individual who helped sell out Smash to Smash this coming Sunday. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't have an applause sound cue, which I blame the producer. (laughs) So whoever edits this might have to edit in some applause. Yeah, we're just gonna pause. And, but anyway, thank you very much it's super cool uh we have a whole bunch of uh cool shit ready a lot of prizes we got you know raffle tickets we're going to be doing gift card Mm giveaways so you know there's a whole lot to do so even if you did not get a chance to enter be sure to come out again that smash the smash tournament sunday february 24th 5 p.m in huntington village 30 new street and be sure to you know check because we might be releasing waiting list tickets just in case we get some no-shows so keep an eye out we might make that announcement within 48 hours but anyway that is about all I have to say about that event at the moment we do have a teaser for a new event as well that will be coming in March we're going to be releasing info on that on our Instagram at people like games wait pause that's right it's plug walk we will be releasing that information on Instagram at people like game you gotta do it right segway, I'm not fucking shit without segway. that the second I heard a handle yeah. I was like hold on I might even do this go back and delete that shit in the edit probably not because I'm lazy but it was a good probably thought probably not nice. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, speaking of you can find <laughs> us on Twitter at people like games you can find find Lilo at Lilo PLG. You can find Beezus at Beezus PLG. You can find what? me at a like TBD me. account. Uh, so I know last week we said, uh, you know, promises were made would be the more accurate way to describe it. They were. Not by me. By by someone. <laughs> <laughs> About back. a Twitter account being made and a segment being prepared. The segment is prepared, prepared? because I made that promise. I said like that one. Oh, okay, I said, okay, right, one. I said the rabbit hole would be ready this Sunday. Uh, but this Sunday, Jesus Lord. This Wednesday. And guess what? It's ready this Wednesday. And that's today. But the Twitter account, it was complicated. I couldn't figure it out. So instead, I did some research on man. data mining. Super difficult. We're gonna get into that later. Anywho, you can also find this show that you are listening to over on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Anchor, basically everywhere except title, which we'll get to eventually, probably, hopefully.
0: That's T- our Mad Damon joke, by the way. <laughs> title is our Mad Damon joke. It's like, yo, Wish we had time, but uh, unfortunately, Tidal, you know, it's going to come next
1: week. Next it, week. Next It'll week. Next week. It's like that what we our did our with Matt Spotify Damon. for like a good half a year.
0: Next but week. it happened, man. It and, did. and Matt Damon eventually came on the show. So that's the same thing, but, you know, different <laughs> timelines. Tidal, you'll be there. You're getting there. You're
1: eventually. Getting there. We got you. Yeah. And you can also find the subreddit like peoplelikegames. It's more that's right. active. Following the recording of this episode, pause awkward. And now I'm going to kick it over to Lilo for a little bit of uh...
0: the talk. Let's go, baby. Table of contents. In this episode, you will expect the quick scope because that's what we have every week. That is the staple. Yeah, no, I'm, hey, chill out, homie. Oh, oh, I got this, okay? We got
1: this. All right. What date is it? Quick
0: scope of the week of the 20th, all right? The episode's coming out on February 20th, and it's the news of this past week from the prior episode, all right? So 13th to 20th, we covered all the grounds in between. You'll hear what we want you to hear about, what we you should really hear about. Moving on after that, we're gonna go down the rabbit hole. Solo was just talking about how he promised everyone he's gonna do a deep dive on data mining and he will be covering that in his rabbit hole deep dive. Follow that shit up with the Beezus spotlight. That's right, everybody. I seated over the spotlight to Beezus. He's coming in, he's actually doing a quick little sort of semi-interview with Solo, talking about the jump force the jump force review that plg wants to give and then and file, as I'm, I'm, that, I'm just go gonna ahead. cut in
1: and as our resident senior anime correspondent it only feels <laughs> right that we, we we bring on the bees to see what the news yeah. B he knows the a. deal
0: he uh, he's got much familiarity with all of those characters within Jump Force more in that next week or sorry more in that next episode
1: but or not uh, even next episode next segment
0: <laughs> I just meant like next segment next it's, a, episode, it's, a, yeah. it's
1: a choppy beginning but we're, we, we've got an event coming up we've been in the weeds but we do we we're do. still here we for, for you things, regardless
0: work Uh, We're going to wrap this shit up with the final app, which is the staple. And our final app topic is about the Google streaming reveal that they uh, will be at GDC, Gaming Designer Developers Conference. Yeah, Gaming Developer Conference. They're revealing some news about their streaming services, and we're going to speculate because that's what we like to do. So without further ado, let's roll it over to Solo. Solo, please um, kick it off. Kick off the quick scope.
1: And... That is the sound cue to get this ball rolling, and we're going to keep it a little tight tonight because apparently Lilo has to wake up in the morning early, and as someone who's not familiar with that concept, I have to empathize, and so expect me to try to keep Lilo's rambling short tonight for Mm -hmm, you, mm -hmm. or in the morning, or whatever time you're listening to, because I don't know why I keep saying tonight. It's because we're recording tonight, but anyway we're going to jump into a little bit of my favorite topic, and that is lawsuits. Because apparently everyone's always suing everyone, and it doesn't really make sense, but it's interesting to say the least. And so in this case, Epic Games, surprise, has filed a legal claim against Fortnite live event organizers. I should have downloaded a awkward whistle sound cue. And so basically the the organizer exciting events uh, was forced to basically stop trading in order to limit losses due to this cease and desist order more or less. And uh, the fact is they probably shouldn't have existed if this was that much of a disruptive force to them because uh, apparently the legal action was triggered because of how poorly planned the disaster of an event this was. And basically 2,500 people showed up in Norwich, UK to event with tickets going for about $12 and uh, a few tickets uh, for unlimited access time for 20 bucks. But apparently it didn't have enough activities for the number of people attending. And it had like activities for three to four people at a time. And,
0: are you Only serious? go
1: and so uh, what the fuck <laughs> there were stations however to play Fortnite but you had to pay extra which wasn't included That's in the event so fee That's so ridiculous which makes no sense and so Learned more or from or less, epic Oof. yeah epic sued Oof. them because they were trading in on the Fortnite name for a shitty experience in order to profit for themselves Yep and yep, so yep, yep. makes that sense That goes to show if you're going to do something, don't do it shitty. Do it right. Shout do out Smash right to the Smash. Shout out people at games. There you and, go. There you uh, go. Do shout out gamers, Nintendo. Baby. I know you're looking for people to spread the Smash. Smash the people, the Smash, baby. The people are here to serve the people. Hit us up, mm-hmm. sponsor us, send us a copy of Smash to don't show us, us it's real.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I fucking but love it. You want your our, uh anyone who listens to this at Nintendo, let's get them. Let the people drive the, the growth of Smash in this, but enough of me. I'm I'm am I'm done with Smash. I'm gonna kick it over, <laughs> I'm gonna keep plugging.
0: Yo solo is trying to uh, we're we're okay. PLG is trying to get Smash in cities across the state across the motherfucking country, okay? And uh yeah, that was a really awkward segue but it makes sense this next topic because Activision is also trying to do the same with one of your beloved leagues that we like to cover so as you know Activision Blizzard has the owls or the overwatch league and they recently expanded from 12 teams to 20 but guess what you know that city based league model guess what they're doing that too they're fucking changing call of duty to a city based league model yes you heard it here first that's what they're doing. It's called the Call of Duty World League, and they're moving over to just, like I said, different city-based leagues. Um, this story is actually really funny because with the recent success of the Owls and the teams growing, and the Owls actually just started on uh, Valentine's Day moving forward into um, this next season, Season 2, it's just interesting to know that Activision Blizzard actually recorded <laughs> reported record net revenue for 2018 but they also laid off 800 people and you probably heard about that uh, from PLG last week and we covered that shit and it's fucking hilarious and it's just it's just interesting to see that uh, they think that this model will work. Owls are obviously growing and they're trying to get the league to have the players play in the different cities and shit like that but yeah, you're gonna see that same format in Call of Duty. It makes sense. Activision's flexing right now, flexing on some shit. Um, Solo, I think we're gonna be covering Activision for a while because they have the two top esports right Meow? and they've got a good city-based city-based, I guess, model going on. What do you I,
1: think? I I I don't. The problem is like I like the franchise city model, and I don't think it's necessarily worked against overwatch and as they expand into more seasons maybe maybe the problem is that the overwatch game itself has had the issues and that's affected how well i can or how well actually they can evaluate the franchise model i feel like if there was a right game for it it could work perfectly but thus far it isn't working like that and you know it, we'll see, it could be tinkered. I still think that it is not in esports' uh, future benefit to try to copy models copy model of templates from other established leagues so you could take pieces but if you have your own thing the way it was structured is it copying at the moment if it's it your terrible. own
0: league though because activation I, I still them, i still think the best
1: the best <laughs> the best esports league is counter strike you know whether you like it or not I and the way you. it's structured doesn't have a franchise doesn't have a city-based model and it works because it you know incorporates Maybe regions the just like it and it regions is how you have to work it because that's how game works
0: yeah i don't know
1: but what can you do? Regions, uh, you know, are important because different regions have different rules. and They do. Uh, you know, in China, they have very uh, uh, concrete rules as of lately uh, on gaming in particular, which brings us, you know, back to one of our favorite companies for our next story. Where right. is my coin at... That's right. It's Tencent season. But Tencent is in the news for not financially astute reasons, which I'm sure they will be within the next month for figuring out a way to bring Apex over to China. But that's besides the point. It'll be them or NetEase, that's that's already a given. But they basically established streaming rules uh, for all their gaming content in response to the restrictions uh, that the Chinese government has placed on gaming. And so if you recall, uh, as we've uh, covered before, China has decided to freeze the approval of all new games. And this is dating back to Monster Hunter World, like last October almost. And uh, since then, Tencent has sort of seen its stock price decrease, has seen itself lose money. But obviously, I mean, it's like pennies to a dollar necessarily, but it has been due to these restrictions because of the government's fear of gaming's uh, negative addiction. effects yeah addiction which you know look there's the negative way to do it uh and this is one of those but you know the streaming rules for all intents and purposes cover some basic things like you know not violating the basic principles of constitutional law publicizing or releasing legal information uh damaging gaming exper- gamers experience uh pretending to do this at the other hacking boosting what is very curious and which is very you know representative of phrasing the chinese government would drop in a reasonably seeming law like this is content that this is a specific phrase content that causes any negative social influences good luck the defining fuck does that, that
0: mean <laughs> exactly so, so subjective so subjective
1: Exactly. And so, pff, ridiculous uh, that they would do that, but not surprising. So, you know, further restrictions. Uh, but I guess now it's fair to say it's expected to see Tencent see the approval of future games.
0: I got you. Yeah, yeah it makes sense.
1: But, oh my I mean, goodness. what do you think? Tencent. So, Sometimes you just, just got to shut down some shit. You got
0: to shut them down sometimes. Honestly, Oof. like that's exactly what's happening. You're shutting some shit down and it just kind of correlates to the next door that we got, right? You're shut- shutting some shit down because you just have to. The market's dictating what you have to do and it's very frustrating that that happens. But uh, moving on, we got Razor Game Store is actually just released news that they're closing after 10 months being open okay and what is the razor game store well the razor game store is an online service where you could purchase steam was. and you play keys yeah that's a good point it, it was it was a service technically it's still open it's still out now you can um brother. Re- you can turn in your uh pre-orders and you can get your games and all those things that you have but like the thing is it's corpse <laughs> <laughs> you're like a fucking what is it you're a fucking raven picking at his corpse essentially a crow like just no not even crow what vulture you're a vulture yeah, get eating that 60 discount there you go you're getting some shit going down but uh yeah if you didn't know you heard it here razor actually launched its own digital game store just like discord did just like twitch did just like epic games is doing just like bethesda is doing on the side like all those things and um after 10 months they decided to shut down so it's gonna officially close on the 28th of this year okay in february february 28 2019 all the purchased games will still work after the shutdown but the customers are encouraged to redeem their purchased keys beforehand pre-orders are still obviously honored like i said this is all due to the company's quote-unquote Realignment plan Whatever the fuck that means Really um, They were asked questions About the reason why They decided to shut this program down And really what their net profits were And they didn't Say anything They just said They wanted to realign Their future plans Makes sense They obviously didn't make money There's too many competitors out there Bigger names Dominating the market You didn't fucking hear about Razer Good thing For me though As a huge fan of Razer I have both a Razer keyboard Razer mouse Razer headset Like I love the company, and they're gonna be just fine. It's just it didn't work out for them in the digital storefront, and that shit happens, man. Sometimes you just gotta rebrand your image and go back to what worked best.
1: Uh, what honestly, they're probably just gonna get rolled into the Microsoft stores because, you know. Me, what?
0: Sorry, I'm rolled, so,
1: rolled into Microsoft stores where they will just have Razer boots. You think inside. a partnership? Yeah.
0: Well, oh, partnership, off? <laughs>
1: cause i mean the microsoft stores now have razor you know they have a, they have a partnership together so it makes sense do they
0: yeah. i don't know i that's i mean microsoft has a producer? partnership with a whole
1: bunch of people i just don't actually know and producer yeah right exactly is me uh excuse me on my me, can keyboard me check this? all right who's our producer that's me on the fly i oh, don't know man yeah i'm going to assume shit. there is I'm going to say yes. And if there's not, Razer and Microsoft partner and then together sponsor us. They have a
0: partnership just for Xbox, but that's it. Okay, moving on.
1: Exactly. So Microsoft, Xbox, same thing, especially when we're talking about gaming. Anywho, now on to a thoroughly unrelated story, which I will use my voice to clue in as if it were related. ESL has decided to rebrand its logo, and that is... I guess a brand brand identity would be a more accurate description uh, that includes the new logo uh, type face and a couple of new colors. Basically it's sort of just cleaned up and sort of professionalized what it's doing. But in addition to that, it has simplified how it's labeled its uh, esports leagues and tournaments. And that was the reason that Uh, and so now they have labeled open for newcomers at the bottom of the competitive ladder uh, challenger for skilled players on the rise and masters for top tier competitors I feel like a system like that is uh, far more inclusive of a bracket for new teams new companies whatever the case is it has a structure to basically create tiered gaming in an accurate way by creating tournaments that are structured that basically this is an example like i said even earlier of how counter-strike is run better because they're able to use structures like this to be able to do good tournaments you know what i'm saying
0: i understand where you're coming from i do think that i mean a it new team can like break in through happened. a model
1: like this. A new team can't break in through Overwatch like that. It has to break up the ranks. They could break into Contenders, which is the sort of G League if you're an NBA fan, which is like the minor right. league version. I was going to say, for, like
0: Overwatch League is the same way. Like You, you work it's, your it's way more, up. It's more
1: like... akin to European soccer leagues where there's a relegation and the ability to rise into into Premier Leagues.
0: Okay. Into higher
1: okay. divisions which I think is that more open. That is something I can get
0: behind. That's something I can get behind.
1: Imagine a G League team in the, the NBA. I get to the point eventually, baby. Get I'm it. Just saying. Get it. Let me get that, that coin for myself. I get I to my point eventually. I don't think that's what they're doing,
0: but I get where you're coming from. If that's the evolution of it, I'm ag- agreeing with that. Am I agreeing with you right now? I'm just saying I agree with that.
1: Well, um, that means I'm not right today, but I'll be right tomorrow, ladies. <laughs> 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 oh, fuck it. All right,
0: whatever,
1: whatever. Uh, um, all what right, else we let's go. Here. Let's move well, on to a couple of these thoroughly... stories on the fly.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. couple of these stories on the fly and unrelated completely unrelated news to what he was just talking about in the rebrand Uh, we wanted to let you all know that the thing you were waiting for dearly with all of your heart has happened yes what am I talking about guess what motherfuckers there's a Nintendo Switch emulator for Android that is officially out in the wild yeah that's probably not where you were expecting I was going to go and there's so many different things in the gaming industry I talked about but this is what I'm talking about so when the Nintendo Switch first came out you realized or rather people realized, Nintendo Switch users. It utilized the NVIDIA Tegra X1, which is a mobile processor, that is also found in the NVIDIA Shield Android TV console and the Shield tablet, both of which have been um, recreated and emulated on the interwebs at large. So it was only a matter of time before people expected the Switch to be emulated on Android. So it's built... The, the emulator itself for the Nintendo Switch is built on the base of Ryu Jinx, which is an open source emulator for the Nintendo Switch written C. sharp And um, yeah, it is developed by an independent gaming industry called, uh, well, it's a pet project of CTR Ninja, who is a user GBA Temp. These are all people and things that you sh- don't really need to know, but it's all in the gaming industry and all in the uh, emulator industry. Long story short, This emulator runs on any particular Android device with CPU and OS with at least four gigabytes of RAM. It's pretty bare bones right now, and the thing is, it is only um, uh, console only, meaning it only outputs console images. And so you can test your own homebrew games, but you can't do anything else. And I know it sounds strange. It's not like it's powerful enough. This emulator isn't powerful enough to um, Help you run a full game and plug in the controllers and do all that type of stuff No, it helps you run games so that you can learn how to make games for the Nintendo Switch and emulate that kind of shit. So either way um, It's kind of funny uh, this story Although we talk about the emulator, what goes along with emulations is the knowledge that there is Solo's favorite topic involved, and that is legalese, meaning if you do decide to utilize the emulator, just know that there could be legal repercussions associated with it. Because if you download any video game offline that is not owned previously by you, then you can and probably will get in trouble. Nintendo has their eyes on these types of things. Like we covered before, they're suing everybody. Just be aware although there's an emulator out and although we want that and this does segue into other topics is just like be careful watch your back because they will know if you download their games and they will you know they'll find you they'll fucking find you and they'll sue you man they, they are
1: Santa Claus and Liam Neeson mm-hmm. in Taken combined but anyway now on to a similarly legal based issue but not particularly comparable but in the same wheelhouse that both are legal affairs and this is actually a very interesting topic and that is that Niantic which is the creator of Pokemon Go is facing a class action lawsuit and actually it faced a class action lawsuit and has been uh, already uh, settled late last year but the actual terms of the settlement were just released recently and so Basically, the uh, lawsuit began after a New Jersey resident, Jeffrey, last name redacted, c- claimed the position of Pokestops in the game led to an astounding five people knocking on his door, asking to enter his backyard to catch Pokemon. God damn oh it, my Jeffrey. God. Oh, Lord. Jeffrey. Jeffrey, is there a Lord? Because what injustice is sha not be stopped. People want to
0: come to my house. This is the worst feeling ever. Seriously.
1: So, uh, basically, a couple of other people jumped into it as well, and Niantic was like, "Here's a bunch of money. Leave us alone." And uh, now the reports actually show a little bit of a harsher version of it. But whether it's actually being followed is another story. So basically, uh, for people who have Pokestops or Gyms on their personal property. If they place a, compl- a Niantic has to have a complaint form on their website, and if someone has one of those two things on their property, and they submit the form, they have to get a response within fifteen days on at least ninety five percent of cases for the year. And if the complainer has a Pokestop or gym within forty meters of their property, Niantic has to remove it within five business days of communication. So what the
0: fuck? Holy that's shit. intense,
1: and at Changing the moment they the don't have they don't have a specified time table as of now for removal but i if that was like played out to its actual potential limit that could greatly hurt pokemon go because a lot of communities in the game sort of are built around specific you know, pokey stops in gyms because those become right. raid spots or, you know, battle spots or whatever the case may be. And so, uh hope you know, I guess we'll see. I don't think it'll necessarily be a case if they've settled it late last year and they haven't really been hit by it. I'm sure it's more of a suburban issue than it is an urban issue. So, um, Right, right. People just want the privacy. Yeah.
0: You wonder why they had a pogo stop on their place in the first place, Right. Like the antique had that data from the game beforehand, which I can't remember off the top of my head, but they utilized all that data it's saying, population "Hey, population density on this oriented." Spot. But I'm just curious. Like someone's property is very specific. Like what, what about your property made it so that we should put a Pokestop stop here? You know, that's that's weird in the first place. Unless people were coming there, in which case I can understand why they put a Pokestop stop there. Either way, it's so strange.
1: Yeah, and to those people, just go in the fucking backyard. <laughs>
0: just hop over the fence they don't even need to know now look at okay?
1: you. five people you're, fuck Niantic out of billions of dollars potentially congratulations <laughs> you, you jerks hero. you're worse you're than Jeffrey you're a fucking hero
0: alright that's pretty strange not, news it is it's, it's shame, weird it's random it's, it's weird and random and you know what that's else serious? is weird and random what this next story, damn it, you ruined the flow, man. This next story Dude. is weird and random. Speaking not of serious. serious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not too serious. But uh, <sighs> this is, I said before, for the night. this is a story you actually want to know about. So there's a new this, Nintendo Switch it. exclusive, okay? This Nintendo Switch exclusive <laughs> is called Oshiete Onidari Shogi. If you don't know, it is Japanese, okay? It's called Teach Me Japanese Chess, Pretty Please. This whole game is based around the premise where you give shogi hints, a.k.a. you give chess hints and tips to an adult video actress, Ari Sato, as well as cosplayers Yui Onu and Iniori Hanayami, or Hanemiya, sorry, sorry about that, I fucked that up. But when you give them hints, you get a reward, and your reward is photos and clips of them in bikini, made outfits, and other outfits in total there are over 1300 photos and 30 clips including dlc that you can download but the funniest part about this is that like the adult video actress Arya satoy is a very famous porn actress and she is now involved in a game that's hosted on nintendo switch so fucking random so mind-blowing fucking hilarious i think oh my goodness shout out to nintendo Nintendo, right? Oh, you, you know your market. You got a whole bunch of lowly individuals who just... You, they want porn. And so you're this getting shit's porn shit's mobile, now. bro. This shit is mobile. Literally, you can bring this on the go. Uh, the game is rated CERO d which is 17 and up. It's not actually, there's no nudity or anything like that in the game because they're all in bikinis. But it is very risque. More risque than you'd ever expect. Fucking hilarious. And so... Fucking random. Uh, There's no mention of the people being... Rather, the people, the the actresses in the game, there's no mention of them being, like, porn stars or anything like that, but if you know who they are, you know they're porn stars. And it's very interesting to know that, like, in Japan, they have very strict porn regulations, so this kind of goes hand-in-hand, and they're all covered up, and that's great. It's just... Really? Really, Switch? This is, like... I I have nothing else to say. I'm just... I'm just so Uh, baffled, so confused.
1: (laughs) I was going to say- Fucking crazy, man. I have the perfect ad in my head. Uh, I'm glad glad to see Nintendo's at least moving a little bit more to the adult market uh, than they have in the past. Which I'm glad to see. <laughs> Literally. Uh, you know, just now the now they'll put M games on, so that's that's good. So now you don't have to worry about one of the criticisms of Nintendo's been it's been a kiddie system. This is obviously not the move I would make, but the greatest advertisement in the world, take Porn Star on the go on your Nintendo Switch. Sponsored by Gogurt. <laughs> right. <laughs> for but the kids,
0: baby. For the kids. It's for the, the kids. kids. Oh, but uh,
1: Ninja pops out of nowhere. Hey. Yeah, right. Um, I
0: like Ari. Sacco. I don't curse. She's one of my favorite actresses. <laughs> favorite but actresses ever. Sorry,
1: I didn't mean to mock anyone. But as Eminem once said, Will Smith don't have to cousin to sell records. <laughs> Anywho, next up, following up a little bit on one half of our final lap topics from last week, and that was the hubris of uh, Sony moving into the next generation of consoles, in particular. Uh, just a week later, we now have the Sony executive uh, chairman mentioning how, for Spider, uh, for Spider, for PlayStation Five, rather, they hope to sort of focus on co-op and multiplayer, which would make sense if not for the fact that most of it's standing out above the fray has been primarily for single player games in its sort of late generation push. Anyway, it seems sort of a little bit of a backtrack on what they mentioned uh, last week. However, if you're going to be hoping to focus on the co-op experience in the upcoming years your best bet is to be focusing on cloud because he mentioned couch co-op and couch co-op wow. might not be the dominant form you know of selling points moving forward one of the switches biggest selling points mobile but anyway again i'm just really curious to see what the playstation 5 is and what it comes out to be because it's Indications are not thrilling, but who's to say it doesn't hey, have a surprise episode? I bet
0: you will see it E3, or yeah. not even at E3. Uh, kidding, because they're not at, at, at E3. The Sony, I was gonna say like the Sony version of E3, which is gonna be the weaker Sony after E3. 3. Sony fucking
1: whatever it is. Oh, they Maybe should have gonna, called it that. That would have been so petty. Sony that, that, E3.
0: I feel like there'd be legal battles over that for sure.
1: Yeah, I'm sure no one would get it twisted. Whatever, they got enough I'm dough sure. to make it happen.
0: Right? Someone will be making dough. Yo, speaking of dough, though, actually, this relates to our next door because uh, we have new information uh, showcasing how much Twitch streamers actually made in 2017. And uh, if you're curious about this, don't worry. We got the facts for you. So by recent study from Recreate, they shed some light on the American Twitch streamers in 2017 and how much money they received compared to 2016. Um, should be noted, I guess. Long story short, there's a 30% increase of profits from 2016 to 2017. That's clear, that's readily apparent. And, um, in total, from 2016 to 2017, Twitch creators jumped from 6,158 to 9,796. Uh, apparently, you know, they earned. All the Twitch streamers in 2016 earned 67 million. All the Twitch streamers in 2017 earned 20 million more than that, which is 87 million. And. This is the coolest set of facts that came out of a recreate story and it's that based on the study 8% of American Twitch creators earned up to $500 which is actually a pretty decent chunk of change just for playing a video game and you know showcasing yourself. 70% earned between $500 and $10,000 which is holy shit, wow you're actually making a good chunk of change. And then 22% earned over 10 k on the platform itself. So as you can see a small percentage earned most of the money uh, a lot of the money that's going through. It's been reported that, as we know, Ninja, this motherfucker, has earned ten million in 2018 itself. So put those numbers into perspective. 2017, all of Twitch streamers only made eighty-seven thousand dollars, and then one year later, the dude made one eighth of the total profits. Like that's fucking insane. Um, Twitch be making dough, though. I guess that's the moral of the story. Twitch is pulling in content, pulling in creators, pulling in a whole bunch of viewers and is getting their name out there. And that's that's where you can go to make money. It is it is viable in the sense that it is a side gig, but if you are a working adult, do not focus on the streaming as if it's going to make you the cash, like a nine to five, it's not. So I'm sorry. The 8% of Americans who earn 500 and 70% who earn between 500 and 10,000, that's not enough. You you can't you can't support yourself for the year. Just throwing it out there. So keep working, keep grinding, solo.
1: It's top heavy and top heavy things tip over. As this will eventually. Very top heavy. Yeah. Anyway. Good point. Uh, so great user numbers, but if ninety nine point nine percent of your user base has like five viewers, and then everyone else watches those ten streamers, then what are you really offering? Caffeine, hit us up. Anywho, on to our last two stories of uh, the Quickscope, so we can get it moving. This one bugs the shit out of me, but I have to cover it anyway. The U.S. copyright has decided to deny Carlton, the Carlton Dance uh, copyright application filed by Alfonso Rubiero. He It's sort of ridiculous uh, that they're doing that because by claiming that it was a simple routine and that it can't be copyright, they're claiming that it's not uniquely identifiable. But if it's uniquely identifiable by the nature of the dance, that doesn't necessarily affect this lawsuit. I think that this lawsuit will then start affecting the copyright rulings, hopefully moving forward, because that's ridiculous. That has no basis in fucking law. It should be appealed, and hopefully, as I said, by winning a court case against Epic, then they'll be able to appeal the copyright office based on a new uh, precedent. But probably not the case, because Epic Games is a fuckload of money, and that's how these things usually go. Disappointing, but the battle will continue. Shout out to 2 Milly as well. Anyway, now, Lilo, take it Fold home. Close it out.
0: Bringing it home. Quick scope. we're going to wrap up with news about another esports league that unfortunately may hurt some people's feelings. Um, I say that because I actually was one of the fans who watched this fucking league. It is the Clash Royale League and in important news clash royale league is going to consolidate their western regions what does that mean clash royale is a league that you know hosts clash royale across the world except they have different regions north american regions european region latin american regions those are all going to be combined into one western region so there's probably going to be fewer teams this season than last season, unfortunately. And there's going to be three regions now. It's going to be West, which is North American, Europe, and Latin America. It's going to be China and Asia, which is really interesting because China is not Asia. Apparently, China is so big that can be its own fucking region, which makes sense. Um, both, or rather, all three of those l- regions are going to play both the uh, fall and spring leagues. And. Um, yeah, the CRL Class Royale League is going to move forward with that dynamic, I guess. I bring this up because I actually watched the cra- cra- uh, Crash Royale League. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that is that is the Asian in me. I'm sorry, everybody. Sorry about that. But the Clash Royale League, I, I watched them. Um, it's actually a very interesting setup up and set up in tournament. Just seeing two individuals plan out what their teams will plan, what's going to happen and then go up to the cell phones and then everyone can watch the game. Like it was a very, I don't know, it was short and quick capture attention. And it was a fun league to watch. And I understood where people were coming from. Plus you could have different decks already set up by the teammates and team members to actually like, there's a lot of strategy involved in Clash Royale that a lot of people probably don't understand. Either way, um, in total, 2019 is probably going to feature fewer individuals or fewer teams than last year, which had 44 teams, and uh, Supercell is currently working those negotiations with those current team members. Esports, man. You got fluctuations all over the place. This is a new industry, especially with so many different games, so many different types of uh, really so many different types of interactions with the fans and the games and stuff like that. Like it, it makes sense that it's always changing, but I can't wait to figure out what are gonna be the staples in the industry. Clearly, we've got Counter-Strike, we've got maybe owls, and I guess uh, Call of Duty right now. Clash Royale, Dota, League of Legends, just man, these esports Keep changing, but I hope they stay the same. Hope they stay the same. With that being said, we've got the end of the Quickscope. Thank you very much for following us through that. Woo woo woo. That uh, took a lot longer than expected.
1: That did. I don't know how long that took, but it took forever. That took 40 minutes apparently, but we're gonna get out of this in about 15. So expect uh, a quicker final lap than you wanted. But anyway, uh, we're going to be doing uh, next. I want to say the game spotlight with Beezus. Like we said, this is just going to be clipped in. So uh, now, you know. Thanks, Bezos. A moment. A smooth transition. Pause. Right on to you. Hey, no pressure, Bezos. Hey, welcome to the show. Hey, you don't know what we're saying, but you're going to hear this when you hear this. hey, hey. But not really. Um, all right. Let us know what you think of his <laughs> right? introduction so we can make fun of him. Here he is. Welcome to the show. And as we were just saying, welcome back to a special edition of the Game Spotlight. Introducing our senior anime correspondent on this one, Beesus in the Building. If you're not familiar... Get familiar. Beezus has been integral to helping us get the events off the ground. Shout out, sold out. And now we want him to start being part of the show more actively. And this is the beginning. So without much further ado, given the time constraints both of us are facing at the moment, we're going to hop into the Beezus review of Jump Force with added comments by Solo with no context or knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, Jesus.
0: So, so uh,
2: Jump Force. It's it, Jump Force has the greatest advertising ploy of being an anime. It's holy shit! I'm gonna be Luffy. I'm gonna be Goku I from Dragon, Ball, or in a very typical like. Anime fighting game fashion. I'm gonna be a silent, customizable avatar. Like, it's it starts off like, all right, I'm gonna or I'm just gonna play as all the badass characters that I love to watch. And so, you know, it it starts off the first you're enamored with it. You're just like, holy shit, this, I want it. This is great. Five games in, uh, you start to realize that every character has like almost the same set, and not moveset on what they're able to do, but how you play. It's like you, you hit like the melee buttons, whether it be like a, a charge smash attack or a quick, a quick fighting move. And you're like, all right, good. And you're able to chase and break away from characters. And like, Oh, okay. This is like a high speed match right now. This is, this is what I wanted. But then you start to realize like, all right, I'm doing this in every game. And as soon as someone gets the upper hand, like, you know, you're kind of getting tossed around until that combo is over. And God forbid they use like a charged ultimate move. So it, it kind of feels like it reverted back to a, a 10 or Budokai game where like they were fun, but after a while it was kind of just the same spar, spar, flashy blast.
1: Yeah. Spar, and spar. Flashy... That, that's interesting that you mentioned that because that, was one of the things that really set Smash or the new Smash Ultimate apart, which is the distinct character feelings that you have. And even D B Fighter Z to a degree at least has that. I just feel like majority mm-hmm. of these three D fighting games end up falling into that hole of they're just speed based combat, especially anime games that end up being like combo oriented. And just
2: like sort of if if you could do Smash where you have seventy-four characters, but they're all from like the craziest anime shows, not like two or three from like the most popular shonen I mean it's a shonen jump game, so obviously these shonen characters but if like you know how smash like you have Ness who's like got this crazy playstyle all the way to Bowser who's pretty much you're playing with a boulder with limbs that can breathe fire. So I guess yeah, you're you're a giant turtle.
1: But so then, based on the characters that they offer you, and the fact the majority of the move sets are, are the same. Granted, they had a huge draw. One, why? What, what the fuck does every anime keep trying to make a three D game? Just lean into DB Fighter Z, Marvel versus, Marvel vs. Capcom Two is one of the greatest fighters of all time. Make it two yeah. D, and I'm sure it'll get the sort of fighting. This game
2: out. is like. It, it, when you're playing it, you're you're having fun. Like, I enjoy playing the game, but I didn't get what I was like expecting. I was like, "Oh my god, this is gonna be awesome." When I'm playing, I'm like, like even when everyone I played with, they were just like, we we're going through the beginning tutorial, and everyone's just like, "Uh, what am I doing? When do I get to fight?" And then you go to fight, and you're like, oh, "Okay, this this is fun. I could I could fight a couple people for a while, but you only get that feeling I think if you're into anime, if you're into those characters, like. I want to fight is this I'm going to make a cool team between these three shows or but when it comes down to it if you were to kind of really boil it all down it's like if you played Super Smash brothers, but every character was the me fighter that's it's like depressing sounding <laughs> like yeah like you know how the me fighter has the brawler the shooter and the sword mhm yeah, that's that's what you get you have like you know like Yusuke you're a meshy. Who can like you know maybe shoot a ray gun, or he just beats the shit out of you, and then you have uh, what's it called? You'll have uh Zora from I mean, Zoro from One Piece. You're like, all right, I got a sword guy, and then you have this. I don't even know what anime he's from. There's a guy who who shoots people, which I thought was a weird touch for the game. Or you can use like Goku, who uses like lasers pretty much. So you have your your swords, your brawlers, and your your shooters, and you're kind of just like. And they're kind of just all just different skins. Maybe yeah. they have a different.
1: That's basically it. Where they had a huge draw bringing in characters you wouldn't have expected to come together. So if like initially it was like Luffy, Goku, and like Naruto. And part of me is like, okay, those are the three I expect to be these fighters. But when they start bringing, it like, oh, we're going to pop out Roroni Kenshin. Oh shit, you remember Yu Yu Hakusho? Guess who's coming through? Yusuke. And then they have something like, you know. Yugi, even that... that Yugi is the most interesting
2: character in that for someone who does not fight personally in the entire show and is generally a baby, he puts in work.
1: In this, he's the most different character in the entire game because they had to figure out a way to incorporate it, yeah, that with everyone.
2: <laughs> because, yeah, exactly using yugi is almost the same as using a jojo character the way he uses dark magician he has like a guy fighting for
1: him, which <laughs> is like That's hilarious cool
2: but like it's just like wow maybe they should have made a Oh fighting game that would have been kind of crazy
1: yeah which speaking of samsung get on that fucking ar pokemon game so wait oh God, Pokemon yeah. ar Oh game or vr Yu-Gi-Oh that would be game. crazy I know, it's about time. Like, Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! has the most potential out of everything we're looking at here. Make a Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! is game. awesome. Yu-Gi-Oh! is always awesome. What other animes would you have concluded to well, one, for your own enjoyment and then two, to help round out the randomness that seems to be apparent in the character selection?
2: Well, it's a, it's a 50th anniversary like shonen game so they're going to use shonen characters so it's understandable that they would limit it, but like if they were to do DLCs, just like the way smash is kind of open to everybody at this point, uh, they could have, I don't know. What could they have stretched out? I'm watching this show right now. That time I was reincarnated as a slime, And, uh, it's pretty much like, like, uh, an anime that would be based around Kirby. If you were to make one, it's, it's pretty like interesting. Like the kind of like the parallel between their powers. So like, that would be a cool character or, I've seen characters from this show. Uh, or it would be cool to use uh, Spike from Cowboy Bebop oh, or, or Space Dandy. Super fast. That would be crazy. Or you know, to they're, have they're Ikichi songs.
1: Onizuka. Yeah. With, <laughs> you don't know who that <laughs> is because Yeah. Beezus is an anime person who hasn't watched Great Teacher Onizuka. So if you're one of our anime fans, please add this man at BeezusPLG <laughs> and embarrass him because it's the best anime part.
2: I've been meaning to watch it, but... I, I gotta finish. No, no. Show I do He's been meaning now. to
1: watch it as long as I've been meaning to make a Twitter account. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so I closing think remarks game... on your recommendation as to whether listeners should buy the game?
2: Uh, the I'd say if you're into anime, it's worth the purchase. If you're not really into anime and you want a fighting game,
1: like, uh, get Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> yeah, that'd be the basic Just premise the, it's not bad it's, it's a disappointment <laughs> and <laughs> that's the worst that's Yeah. have
2: you know I,
1: I... hold on you're breaking up again There's on the a audio a lot of
2: PS2 games that had like an old one and they were more different fighting styles uh, you
1: so we're going to give the official PLG Purchase recommendation is pass. Yeah, pass. It's Sorry, like, Jump yeah,
2: Force. It's like a, it's like a, eh, like if you if you're into it, get it. If not, like if you like mediocre one, shit and
1: have extra money, why not? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I you don't, don't. And boom, the official Bezos game spotlight on Jump Force. We will be expanding this. In more appropriate yeah. ways, with the more correct audio. us. give your closing so remarks so to the audience.
2: Uh, thanks for finally getting me on here. Hopefully next time I can have better audio and not be in my car. Uh, yeah. I feel like my audio is going to get worse as I get out of my car. Yeah, but, so uh, it goes. You know, I guess get it if you want to play it. Add me, Young Beezus, on PSN
1: or on Xbox. And I don't know my friend code by heart on Switch. Yes, and Nintendo, figure out an easier way to do that and sponsor us. Hey! Yeah. All right, and... And now it is time for... I guess I just hit the Zelda Discovery because... The rabbit hole is never ending as well. So just assume that something or another in the rabbit hole are almost interchangeable until I get a better sound cue for rabbit hole. But anyway, data mining is the topic for this week. And what I discovered was it goes a lot deeper than I had uh, previously anticipated. And so this is going to be a to be continued episode uh, just from uh, the get go. I want to let you know that. But... First, we'll start with the idea of what data mining is. And so if you're not familiar, data mining is a phrase I'm sure you've heard a lot more often in the past couple of months in particular, even though it has its sort of basis in about five, six years ago. And I'll explain how this happened. And so to keep it short, when a game is created, if you're not familiar with tech, actually, even a stretch back, I'm gonna backtrack it to one simple phrase to start you off. What is data mining to understand it simply, it's just knowledge discovery in databases. And okay. so when you have a game that's created, they basically create more than what you just see. And so if you're familiar, a lot of that game are stored On servers and those all of the information and the data of the game is going to be stored in different folders. By going into those folders, you have the ability to see what is available in the entirety of the game. Now, you're not necessarily breaking into the code of the game or changing anything or manipulating anything that would change how anything works, but you can go in and open up a file and see what is further in the source of the game. So when you get a game, you also get the information files. So by going through the information files, these uh, individuals basically, you know, create uh, a system to be able to find hidden knowledge that's just not live yet would be a simple way to describe it so yep makes sense in about 2014 uh is when it became more known and that was because it was around the time that data mining of ptr or beta builds of world of warcraft was occurring and as they were releasing new content individuals were figuring out a way to find out ahead of time, how that was occurring. And so, though I could get into that, it was more interesting to me to explain how that happened because how would you, when you read an article and it says, hey, this is going to be coming out in Fortnite, and, or these two, like this. We covered two, three weeks ago that Joker, or maybe even a month ago, Joker from Persona 5 was rumored, no, it two weeks ago in the data mining yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. teaser. Joker was revealed to be it because it's been from data miners they decided to remove it guess who got it announced to be confirmed as the upcoming smash expansion character joker from persona 5. and so how does that happen so for the example i'm going to use uh the help of reddit which obviously in a case like this and specifically the user xerix bro and so basically he said first off a game like wow stores all of their data in specific formats and so in this case is dot db2 slash dot dbc dash dot cac dot and so within that structure all he did was create a tool that is able to f- basically find it's like a, a function f a searching for a keyword of those uh endings And with those endings if all he needed was the first word so if he typed in say he wanted to find what all the achievements were in the game or available in the game he types in achievement.db2 then he can see which ones are active and then he can see which ones are not active then to figure out what is not active you basically have to sort of comb through uh context And so you can sort of extract the data if there's notes in there or if there's sort of like keywords to explain what it is. But there is nowhere to explain on the internet thus far if it's keyworded, how you're able to break into the keyword or figure out what the keywords are unless you're familiar with it. So it's usually probably just leaked insider information to be frankly honest, (laughs) That's what it comes down to. Um, And so with that in mind, it sort of becomes pretty simple to understand, which is that by nature of going into the code of the game and looking at the database and file structures, they're able to guess it. The complexity then comes into how they're able to access the data without being spotted, because I'm sure if code, you know, not being spotted because you're aware of that, but how they're able to in different circumstances, mine games that are live. So I guess when you get the updated content, the information file, uh, information files with them update as well. So it's sort of parsed through the same way, the real question becomes how they're able to create the code or the, the software to be able to comb through it. And so now, The real question then becomes how do we find someone to bring on the show to explain examples (laughs) of this in the past? Because if the simple of it is all you have to do is create a software that searches for words, then the question becomes what keywords to search for. And everywhere you look, there is no definitive answer. It is simply... The person says that, like, so this would be an example in particular that I found for Lilo here. And that was the game Bungie. Uh, the game Bungie. The game Destiny ended up going to war with a uh, basically uh, a data miner. And so basically he kept releasing information about the game. And so it was a data miner who went by the name Megalomaniac X4. And he was from Japan and he was able to. So basically they have uh, every Friday morning, a special weekend vendor arrives at a random location yep. in the game's main yep, social. Yep, hub, yep. And so Zer is the name. Mm -hmm. so Xur's stock is highly anticipated so everyone tries to get to it before it gets on sale but this guy was able to create or was able to leak on reddit exactly what Zer Zer would be be selling selling on a weekly basis without fail and the question was it really affected what Bungie was doing so much so that Bungie ended up going into the game and not releasing the date they basically updated the data every single day the day of to avoid this guy getting into their code and they tried everything they could to change their code and it's conf- and it's phrasing and they could not get around this guy he literally <laughs> tagged them and the question was how and he was never as his method and so you see how the understanding of how they're getting access and the information they're taking from it is now understandable through his method but then the question becomes the actual tactic so yeah it's exactly. like a magician so you i'll, be- there, I'll exactly. look at the result but we don't know what the goddamn trick is yet, and I don't know what the goddamn trick is yet, and so I'm going to go further down this rabbit hole, and follow Ooh. me next week as I fo- as I keep following this up. I'm just gonna keep following this is it up because T.V. Be continued. It's a T.V. TB- week on PLG a- T.B.C. And by the way, side note: next week's episode is delayed today. Good call. Good call. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, Mrs. Lilo has a birthday And so we're pushing it one day Sorry about that But you'll be oh well. hearing us on Thursday On Your... March uh, Motherfucking 27th 28th uh, th- Last day Last day of February Sorry
1: Alright And now Let's kick right. it off It's the final lap We're gonna make this one A little quicker than normal Because we're running
0: it's really speculation. Just, it's we're, really, we're just really just running it's late like as always. With it anyway it is. So. It is what it
1: is? <laughs> I was gonna say we're running late unexpectedly, but like that shit's annoying at, of at this point. Exactly. I'm never in a rush. I'm always late. I'd be chilling. I'd be all running right. on that CPT. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Anyway, all right. All right. Uh, for this week's final lap, we have speculations of a googly nature which that's hilarious sounding. Anyway Google has announced as we will mention at the top that they're going to be unveiling their streaming service uh, or their streaming game service in
0: March March at
1: Game Developers Conference and so on that you know piece of information you know we sort of thought about what to you know or we just want to speculate on what we expected and so i'm gonna let will go first on what he thinks google is going to bring is there i guess a more functional way would be to ask a question do you think there's anything unique that this google streaming service is going to bring or do you think they're just going to release a version of the uh project cloud that, that you did. Yeah, project stream no the project streamer
0: it was project stream
1: whatever it was
0: project stream google project stream is the full title where we played assassin's creed yeah that, that's what it was you played assassin's creed that's good time. point. i played it uh good question i do think the only unique thing about this would be I, I could see it happening in multiple ways. So they're definitely going to unveil a streaming service. It's a scrip- subscription model. I have no doubt that's similar to Game Pass the way Xbox is doing it and the way a lot of other services are doing it. You know, you got, um, you know, we play Apex Legends on Respawn, but that comes on Origin. Origin, you can do e- Origin Access um, Plus or whatever it is called. And then there's EA Access Plus. You can access to these games and stream them accordingly, whatever. I think Google will be doing the same. However, the difference is that these other entities who do streaming services, you normally require you to have this hardware in place for them to work and Xbox specifically, Microsoft and whatnot. They have you have the console. I think Google will just allow you to work on any Google device. So it will literally be streaming to you. You can just use Google Chrome or Google anything. Google notepad, Google book, whatever the fuck they call it. Um, I think that's going to happen. I don't know if they're going to revolutionize anything that we haven't already seen that other people already try, but I do think that they are one of the few individuals who have the infrastructure in place being such a huge conglomerate and having that, all that hardware and software in place to really push the market forward. and. Microsoft, Nintendo, PlayStation. Obviously, those are the big names in consoles. Google could jump into that area and create a cloud device similar to what we say Microsoft is going to do. They're thinking about making multiple devices, right? I think Google can do that as well, and they could supplement it with their streaming services to make this cloud device work seamlessly with everyone at home. So I actually kind of expect a hardware device debut being like, hey, this is a Google box. But I... This is all conjecture. Let's go with that. This is all conjecture, and I am really just excited because I'm genuinely curious what the game developers conference is going to be. Thinking about the industry, and this is just like me running off the top of my head, right? Apex Legends just released. Respawn did a phenomenal job of creating a polished product, releasing it without anyone knowing, and it has 25 million people right now. That's a way a day, de- like a way of doing a product right, releasing a product right. If Google has the similar impact if they release something that no one expected out of the box from the GDC, I do believe that they could change change up the industry. I think we're expecting the next generation of consoles to come out um, in 2020. A year and a half is more than enough time to change a little bit of the infrastructure if Google pushes the boundaries. And that's sort of what I'm looking forward to. So that's where I'm gonna leave it. Solo, you probably have a lot of thoughts on that subject. What do you think?
1: I believe. Do
0: you think? Okay, let, 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 functionally wise, same, let me just same, say
1: this. Same. Throw a question at me. Do I'm you respond think slightly to yours. that
0: Google, if they debut something radical enough, could influence the console market that we're expecting in 2020?
1: The biggest threat that they can offer is what they already did, which is if you can transform their browser into a gaming. A console then it's kind of game it's to over pub- really it's, published, <laughs> yeah, it's sort of game over it's a publisher's advantage it, it it makes every company is trying to enter into that space sort of irrelevant if they could just launch a game in a fucking browser yeah like it,
0: seriously like you, especially can't compete if you have with a computer that. as long as you have a computer
1: Any As long, computer. long as you have a computer and so if they if they if they push that in you know I wouldn't be surprised but then the question becomes how does like we talked about this earlier which is like as now gaming moves to streaming services right as or streaming services become predominant in gaming as well look at first when you had when you had video streaming services come out you had a long period of time where you were able to see how it sort of emerged and so now it was in a place where Netflix was dominant I don't think Netflix is going to be as dominant anymore. And you can tell because Thanks of the me, but yeah, exactly. So they, it got purged out. But why is that? Because they realized what the value of all of the content was. And then they started demanding equal value for it. So if they got in early on an undercut value, that's how Netflix became big, right? If you can't, gaming doesn't have that. Gaming is going to start big. And so, if it's going to start big, then the question is going to become: Who has the most assets? Right. Who is who the Disney best? of gaming? Yeah, exactly. You know? who, who does who it best? Who has the
0: better content? That Not kind of as it was like,
1: be- Who has the most IP? And so, if it becomes an IP war, well, you mean, know,
0: like IP. Best how do you Same get thing, access yeah.
1: to IP? Is the question is What is what I'm saying? So, is Google going to be able to get Xbox exclusives to be able to play on their con- on their streaming service or? Yeah. That's a Are note. they, by nature of being a browser service, just sort of like a one less step version of what Steam offers? Because I'm sure there'll be Google Games, and you could buy games through us, and you could put them all in our library, and it's a cloud thing, and it's free, and they will be like, okay. What's the difference between you and Valve? And oh, we do right. a chat service. Well, okay, what's the difference between you and Discord? You see what I'm saying? So, it's interesting to see which angle really they partner I,
0: in. I can understand that. I can definitely you know, understand that.
1: Who's to say they won't enter in with the service that's like the, the Pixel, you know, version of their phone. A great phone, beautiful, very functioning tech. It's not breaking the market in that sense, right. you know? There's They'll still people, users. guess what? I'm curious to Apple see where Amazon dies. comes in. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, Amazon has the I'm money. That,
0: that's, I'm glad you segwayed into that. It was uh, gonna be my next point. It's just along these lines, hey, Google is going first. And I guess there is an advantage to those business individuals who hit the market first and I think that just makes sense. But keep in mind, Amazon is another very, very big player in this market. Amazon is has a foray, has its fingers in a whole bunch of other things. Like Google tried to do the Facebook thing with Google+. Plus. Google tried to do the music thing with Google Music. Google tries to do a whole bunch of other things, but Amazon pulls it off. Amazon's got Amazon Prime, Amazon Video, Amazon Music. Um, you got the Kindle, you got all these things. Like. To me, personally, I believe that Amazon has a bigger market, definitely in the United States, not anywhere else. But this is specifically the United States. And they have the infrastructure and the software prowess and the technical prowess, really, to uh, pull off the streaming service, the gaming streaming service that they have been talking about for a very long time. We have the tournament services already in play, but then them doing the streaming services, I think it's very real, and that could happen. Uh, this, this battle is very interesting for gaming as a whole.
1: I just think Amazon as much as Google is a technology company I think Amazon by nature of having Amazon web services is better positioned to launch something like this and so I eventually think it, and first mover first mover advantage is important but it's not as effective if you have the resources of an Amazon. So they can let the person both move good and they they can absorb the competitor cuz you know who Twitch, you know who they own Twitch. So it's not like, yeah, I mean, they're not That's true. The, they're they, all, they
0: already have their fingers in the gaming market versus exactly. Google. And I get so that. like
1: they can flip something like point. you know, that in as well to they have the tournament software, you know, they are very easily able to acquire any publisher they would want any development studio anything they want they just bought fucking whole food you know what i mean so that's right. a different ballpark as yeah. much as google is the tech company you just mentioned a whole lot of things that didn't work you know google plus and like no, you
0: that, know that, that, that's my point like hey yeah, they tried oh, to saying, do like, it amazon I mean, like, didn't do so they, it but they, now they amazon's have a history hopping in. i
1: get it exactly. of jumping into industries that you would theoretically think they would be great at but in execution they haven't necessarily been able to manage well Yeah, because if at the end of the day we're honest Google is just a fucking ad company that's all it is it's an
0: ad company and a very good search engine. Honestly, it knows what it's you want.
1: Company, huh? It's, it's, it's <laughs> an ad company, not search engine. It's an ad
0: company and a search engine. It's it's the double, both. It's
1: it's it made its search engine to feed its ads, or rather, True. it made its. That's
0: the only way it makes money. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but Amazon oh, don't get the same me wrong. It's it all for money, which yeah, it, it, it targets you. Donate the same to way. our
1: Patreon, which is <laughs> just kidding. I ain't do that shit. But anyway it's curious to say we're going to i'm going to speculate that they just do a, a scaled version of the project stream on browser I agree. and maybe maybe they release a tablet like a, a right? tablet like device that could either be comparable to like a fire tablet or it could be comparable to a switch so nintendo might be worried if they decide to get into the console market because they're not doing a non-mobile console because google's Smart enough to understand they don't want to be based on but anyway, what do you think on that? I'll that, let you take it out, and then I'll jump in at the end on this That is a
0: great way to end it. I mean, Google, you have our attention. You rather rather you have our curiosity, grab our attention. Let's go with that, and we're, we're sponsor us. Yes. Well, also definitely. Actually, not definitely. really. I don't, I don't fucking sponsor Google. Us.
1: Sorry, but but just help. Don't fuck up our search engines because I don't want your sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> when
0: it? had right. Uh, had a right. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio said the line very well. You have our curiosity, now grab our attention, and uh, we are looking forward to March nineteenth. We're going to see how you can shake up the industry, and i guess at the end of the day realistically i'm fucking happy because competition is good for the consumer
1: we're rooting for for the consumer but we're rooting for microsoft so shout out
0: we are i am solo wasn't in the beginning he said they suck but then you know they did suck this generation
1: and they'll be the first to admit and if microsoft can't take honest criticism then they sucked you should should sponsor us anyway (laughs) we love you microsoft i love you microsoft we do but
0: All right. with that being we said, lost our edge. thank you. Thank you very much. Listening to this episode, It yes. ran very fucking long. Uh, especially and it since was really choppy. So
1: I apologize for Livo. It was fun, though. I had a great time.
0: We had a great time. I, I'd say uh, we just have a lot of things coming up. Obviously, check out. Come to Repeal 18. Let's go with that. Come to the event. You can be on the wait list. You can hop into the game, play some tournaments. If you're on Long Island, Be be there.
1: That's Eat the place to Zabra. fucking be.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like it. And then uh, other than that, we got more news very soon thereafter. And next month will be do, do, do. another book spotlight. So it'll uh, be book review. Book review number three, Number trace? Tree,
1: tree, tree. I'll try. And uh, Trey, wait. yeah, that's all I got. Significant zero, Walt Williams. Yes, yes.
0: Appreciate uh, you listening. And uh, we will tune in next week. Adios.